Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business, Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we love to amplify the voices of women whose stories are meaningful, moving, and compelling. So I'm super excited today to introduce my audience to Monique Burt-Williams. Monique, welcome. Thank you, Susan. It's so nice to be here. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Because I, too, am eager to get to know you. Oh, well, sure. Um, so I was uh, born and raised in a small uh, beach town in western Michigan called Muskegon, Michigan. And uh, I was born of parents of, uh, they're, they're retired educators. And so my dad's a retired basketball coach um, and, you know, my mom is a retired educator turned administrator. She was actually the first, now that I think about it, she was actually the first African-American uh, female assistant superintendent of Muskegon Public Schools. So wow. that was, yeah, that was a big deal in our family. She worked so hard, but was always a very present mom. And so I learned a lot from her. Um, and then I'm a retired gymnast, and so I grew up with a really very deep appreciation for um, service and creativity and, and, and hard work. Um, and That's I attended, incredible. Yeah, I attended the University of Michigan for my undergraduate coursework, and then I went to Indiana University for law school, um, and then through just sort of a completely unexpected chain of events, I um, left law firm life to join the legal staffing industry, which some, you know, 12 years later um, led me to accept the CEO role with Cadence Council. So I tell people all the time, I feel like I've lived about seven different lives, but each experience really can be traced back to the lessons of that beach town in some way. And so, you know, here we are. I love this. So it's, it's wonderful that you've actually experienced all these various stages in your career so that you can relate beautifully to those people that you now help, right? So yeah, I really tried to do that. That's so awesome. How cool that your mom, I mean, I love your mom's story. You know, I love Wonder Women in Business. So she's <laughs> clearly, clearly one of those. That's pretty awesome. Well, let me ask you this, through all these amazing career uh, changes and you know stages in your career what has been your proudest professional accomplishment or has it happened yet oh that's a good question um you know i was actually speaking with someone this morning about that very topic and i think that right now is my proudest professional accomplishment um you know it's one thing to sort of um be appointed as CEO of a company. It's certainly something completely different to be appointed as CEO of a company in the middle of a pandemic, right? And so um, I think that, yeah, right now, my life really is sort of, um, I think it's at the height of my professional work. Um, you know, I'm excited for what's ahead, but I'm really just sort of trying to steep myself um, in the opportunity that's right here in front of me. And I'm having an amazing time. So bravo to you on this new role. I think that it sounds like it comes naturally to you and that you, you're, you're going to be great at this. I'm sure you already are, but well, what a great decision to put you in that position. Yeah. So tell me, um, this is a little off, you know, topic, but what do you do? What does a day in the life look like now in this new position? You know, 
I think that I, I'm lucky enough to be able to talk and listen to people for a living. Uh, I say that all the time. I, I, I get to talk to people for a living and I get to listen to people for a living. And I think the part that's most rewarding is that I get to provide solutions from those discussions. Um, so that's kind of a sort of a, a vague way of saying what I do, but, but really Cadence Council exists to uh, match in-house law departments with um, just very qualified, highly trained, seasoned legal talent. Uh, and so at our core, that's what we do. Love it. Love it. So uh, you've, you've hit some keywords in the work that I do. I'm all about active listening, third level listening, meaningful listening. I'm all about talking to others in the way of questions, the Socratic mm -hmm. method of unveiling and, and revealing new information. Um, so I love that. What a fun job. <laughs> it is a fun job. It really is. I, you know, it's a rewarding job. And, you know, I think through the years, um, you know, whenever you're in the business of sort of, uh, you know, being profitable, right? There are certain metrics that are attached to the work that you do. And sometimes you can get bogged down in that. But I, I will say that for the first time in my career, I am really sort of just enjoying the act of matching and connecting people um, without any regard to metrics. I just really am interested in sort of hearing the stories, both on the client side and on the candidate side and, and making the connection between the two so that, you know, people can remain gainfully employed and law departments can remain uh, efficient and effective. You know, it's really important work that you do. Very, very important. It's not just about a job. It's about um, the proper connection. People spend most of their lives at work. We want to make sure we're happy and can be our whole selves, as I always say, um, be our authentic selves and feel like we're making a contribution, preventing problems, um, you know, providing solutions before the problem even manifests. So I love what you do. Um, a matchmaker. I like to think of myself as someone who collects people and connects people. And that's mm. what it sounds like you do too. Yeah, I, think so. I think that's a good way to put it. Awesome. Well, let me ask you, have you had the benefit of a mentor or someone who has inspired you perhaps? Oh, I've had the benefit of so many mentors throughout my career. And, you know, I don't take any of those for granted. I think that I was sort of raised in a mentorship uh, culture. Yeah. Uh, in other words, I, you know, my mom was my very first mentor, right? Um, and, and she led very much by example. But I think, you know, the most important lesson that she taught me is that we are constantly able to surround ourselves with mentors. Um, and those mentors can sort of guide us through various challenges that we may not even know, um, you know, are around the corner. I, I tell a story. My mother had a sister uh, who recently passed away, but her name uh, was Anne. And she also has a best friend named Anne. And uh, I would call both of them Auntie Anne. And, you know, as I think back, um, you know, about all the women that sort of have been introduced to me along the way and sort of the different lessons that they've taught me, I think of them all as sort of aunts. Um, and yeah, yeah and so I, I try very hard to be the mentor that I, that I saw growing up. Um, and so I, a lot of people call me Aunt Monique, which is very, very funny. I, I have two young boys, so it's nice to be sort of Aunt Monique to a lot of young women. 
That's awesome. First of all, <laughs> a boy mom too. I love yeah. it. Oh, great. Um, I lived in Hawaii for six and a half years. And when you become close to someone, it's not about the blood relation. It's about the, the, you know, the connection, the heartfelt connection, the spirit connection, the soulful connection. So my son grew up in Hawaii with a lot of auntie and uncle, mm. um, that Ohana spirit. So it doesn't mean you have to be blood related to, to have an auntie. So I love that. Um, now in, in the South, we say Auntie Anne. In Hawaii, we say Auntie Anne. But I love that whole sense of family can be chosen as well as blood relation. Let me ask you this. You know that I'm all about lifting women. What is something we can do? It doesn't have to be grand, but what is something we can do to help lift other women in business? I think the first thing that we can do is listen uh, and realize that we don't have to be in competition with each other. Um, that's just ingrained in us from such a young age and it sort of manifests in so many different ways. And so I think the first thing that we can do to support each other is to listen to each other and to actively listen to each other in a way that, you know, once that discussion is over, act upon it. Um, act upon what you just heard from that other woman. You do have a way to connect them with something or someone that's a part of your life that can benefit theirs. And I very much believe that. Um, the other thing I think that is so important that we can do for each other as women is to help each other prioritize the things that we can promote. Um, I think as women, um, you know, we have such lengthy lists of things to do all the time. Uh, you know, I'm looking at my list of things to do right now. There's got to be at least 20 to 25 things that I need to sort of check off uh, by the end of the day or by the end of the week. But I think one of the things that we struggle with so much as women is our ability to promote ourselves and to give ourselves credit for the vast work that we do and the important work that we do. Um, that I sort of remind myself all the time to prioritize what you can promote. So, um, you know, even if you have this list of priorities that you need to get through, you can prioritize for yourself those things that are going to be easily um, bragged upon either by yourself or by others. And I think that we can, as women, sort of keep our eyes open to other women who are prioritizing things that they can promote and we can promote them as well. I love that. I love that. So I am very much about active listening and doing what I call that you just described a forced ranking. Um, hmm. I coach a lot of women just for, as you know, a, a thing I do for giving. I have about six senior, they're GCs, they're CEOs, women who are very busy are trying to prioritize their time, manage their attention, which is as important, if not more than managing your time. Mm -hmm. And I do this exercise called the 100 questions. And I'm going to share it with you after, because Please. you strike me as a woman who one would appreciate this and two um, believes in this sort of exercise and, and the forced ranking and the prioritization of where you share your very precious attention, not just your time on the clock, but your attention. So I'm happy to share that with you. You're remarkable. That is some of the best advice. I actually took notes. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I've done 198 of these and I rarely take notes and I'm, you're very good. Your advice is very helpful and meaningful and I'm taking notes. So, oh, you're very kind, Susan. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> you bet, you bet. Well, let me ask you, have you had a challenge that you've had to overcome or maybe a setback from which you learned a lesson or didn't learn a lesson? Can you share with us? 
Oh my goodness. A setback. I can tell you probably <laughs> a gazillion setbacks. I, you know, the, the one that I sort of talk about the most and the most freely, um, and this is probably going to sound a little bizarre because I know a lot of women don't talk about this and I certainly understand why. Um, but in, you know, my husband and I have always wanted a family. Um, that's something that both of us have wanted since, you know, very young ages. Um, but it was very difficult for us to have our family. And, and we lost four babies. I had four miscarriages and um, just trying to get to one baby, right? And I, it, it was just such a hard journey. Um, but we've been blessed with two beautiful sons. And, you know, you'd be hard pressed, um, even though our days are so chaotic with the boys being at home and both of us working from home, you'd still be hard pressed to find either one of us complaining about the noise levels or yeah. uh, the annoying this or the irritating that because we just are so happy that they're here. Um, and so I'll say, you know, in terms of, you know, fertility setbacks, um, I think one thing that I learned from going through all of those just sort of gut-wrenching, right, excruciating experiences um, was that there are people that love you and support you um, no matter what's happening in your life. And they're always ready um, to sort of be there for you through those things. And I think when we can recognize that and realize that, you know, that even in our darkest times, whether we are struggling with job loss or, you know, suffering from grief or, you know, just trying to juggle a day, um, just to always know that there is a pocket of peace that's somewhere in your life. And that's usually in the form of someone that you may not even know is thinking about you or praying for you. And so I um, draw a lot of comfort from that. Even if I'm just going through a stressful day and I have no idea how I'm going to get through that one day, I draw a lot of peace from knowing that, you know, there are always people that are there to support you um, and that you're not going through any of it alone. And so I talk with women a lot about that, especially women who have suffered miscarriages. Uh, I talk with them about even in sort of your darkest moments, there's somebody that's thinking about you. So, so latch on to that and uh, push forward. So I'm welling up. This is so meaningful. Oh, yeah. People don't talk about it. Um, I'm one of those women just not, I've only had one miscarriage, but it was still impactful. Um, Devastating. Yeah, exactly. It seems to me that you have such great perspective and that you operate from a place of gratitude. When you said pocket of peace, I jotted that down. I'm going to Really, I love that. If you don't mind, I'm going to steal that from you. Um, Please do. You're so amazing. That is a tough story. That is a meaningful story. For me, it's that kind of life event that does provide perspective. And that's a very big challenge or setback. And you certainly have overcome it. And I'm so happy to hear you have two beautiful, healthy children now. Um, I always say this phrase, and and. I hope you understand what I mean. And I think you will. When people, especially in the legal arena, because I've been in that for 20 years, when people overreact to something that's really not worth that kind of reaction, right? I say to myself, babies aren't dying over this. Yeah, you're right. And I remind myself, do not react the way this person is reacting or do not 
you know, take that bait and, and behave the same way and hope that that person someday has gains perspective without having to go through any kind of tragedy to do it. Because I find those of us who've been through trauma and tragedy, we have much better perspective than those who haven't. I'm like first world problem, you know, or, you know, it's so just a different, it's just a different way of sort of viewing things and you right. know, you've got a different lens through which you can navigate life. And yeah, you know, things are difficult for everybody, but I think you're right. I think it does, you know, having gone through something like that or any kind of loss than anyone has gone through it. I think right. it sort of um, peppers your experience in a way that's unique and, you know, helpful to you. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't tell the other person that because you certainly don't, you know, the worst thing you can do is tell someone to calm down when they're not. Right. <laughs> right. But to myself, I say, you know, keep your perspective. So let me ask you this. We're coming to um, the time when we need to say our goodbyes. But before we go, I would like to ask you if you can tell us something surprising that maybe your circle doesn't even know about you. Hmm. A surprising fact about me. Well, I'll tell you just sort of a silly one. Um, I've never once in my entire life played the game of Monopoly. Not once. And people just tend to be floored by that. Um, I'm floored by that. That's sort of Americana right there. I know. I know. And, you know, my family used to sort of sit around and play it. And I just was like, no, thank you. And I'd go, I don't know, scurry off to some corner to read a book. I don't know, geek that I was. But I, love um, I just I never got into it. So I've never played. That's so funny. So of all the guests I've had, <laughs> some have repeated themselves, you know, each other, I should say, in their surprising facts. But I've never had anyone say that. Isn't that crazy? I just assume that people have all played, you know. I know. Um, it's like saying you've never had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something. I don't know. I've never played Monopoly. <laughs> awesome. Well, you're a wonderful, remarkable, deeply, um, I think, sensitive and courageously sharing uh leader i see you as a leader someone other people's want other people will want to emulate i should say so if other people do want to reach you or know more about you how can they reach you uh sure um i'm on link uh often probably should be um and i am also always available uh via my work email address and so that address is m Bert Williams at cadencecouncil.com. Awesome. And folks, those of you listening know that I'll create a blog about Monique. I'll create a blog that includes her headshot, a few photos that tell the story of her when she's not working, and even her bio. And I'll include her contact info as well as her LinkedIn uh, profile link so that you can connect with Monique. Monique, thank you. This was my pleasure um, having you on the show today. I learned as much from you as I you know, usually teach others I coach and work with and, and am there for. So I'm so grateful to know you. Oh, I'm so grateful to know you. And thank you again so much for the invitation. This was fantastic. You're fantastic. And you tell your mom and dad, they did a great job. Oh, so kind. I will. They're always happy to hear that. So I will certainly pass that along. I love that you gave them both such big shout outs. It's wonderful. All right, folks, have a good day and we'll see you next time.